Christian Kirk continue his tear through opposing secondaries? Is Le'Veon Bell going to make his old team regret releasing him this weekend? And how will Tua Tungavailoa's debut affect the Dolphins on your fantasy rosters? Plus, Dynasty Depot co-founder Nelson Vervet stops by to give us the latest on your membership opportunity there. And the leaders in the 2020 Football Guys Players Championship, Christopher Andres and Alan Martirosian, hang out to discuss their success and help you set your Week 8 lineups. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. I can't stand the pressure. I've seen greater men than me. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here's Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to talk about Cole Beasley's rest of season and week eight prospects. Nelson Burbitt is going to dish on the Dynasty Depot coming up in just a few minutes. And Christopher Andres and Alan Martirosian will tell us all about how they have managed their squad to the mountaintop. That's right, first place in the Football Guys Players Championship. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you all might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, uh, you could do so. At HSFF Hour is where the show is. I am Eric Balkman. Farrell is J. Farrell Elliott. Uh, Nelson Verbit is going to be at Credit Curd King. That's no A in card. Uh, you can follow the Dynasty Depot on Twitter at the Dynasty Depot. And uh, we'll tell, more, tell you more about DynastyDepot.com coming up in a little bit. Facebook.com slash HSFF Hour is where to reach us. If you want to chime in and talk with us, please give us a call. 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email the show at the inbox, football at gmail.com. If you do have any questions for me, for Farrell, for Chris, for Alan, for Nelson, or anybody popping in on the show tonight, please do so now. We'll try to get to all those chat room questions, all the tweets, all the emails in the fantasy feedback segment coming up uh, at the, uh, well, not the bottom of the hour, but right before we get out of here, basically the last uh, 10 or 15 minutes will be dedicated to you, the listener. And, of course, it's all possible because of the audio engineer and my best friend, Bryce, and our producer and mutual friend, Rob. Uh, so a couple of uh, things I want to get out of the way. Um, for those of you thinking that the FFPC is now shut down for the remainder of the NFL season, that's wrong. That's incorrect. We're going to have the world-famous FFPC playoff challenge details coming your way. 
uh, probably within the next few weeks. Big change. Uh, one big change. There might be some smaller changes too, but one big change coming up with that. And it should be our biggest contest ever. So be watching for that at myffpc.com. Of course, if you subscribe to the FFPC UE newsletter, you'll get all the updates uh, right there as well. Uh, Scott Johnson, Coach's Crunchers, was on the High Stakes Lowdown. It's an extended one. It's like a 45-minute podcast. Scott and I got into a lot of stuff, uh, and it was a fun, fun conversation. So hopefully you check that out, rotoviz.com slash podcast, or anywhere you get podcasts as well. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I want to bring in tonight's first guest, the longtime NFFPC player who's uh, made multiple appearances on this program. Tonight he's here to talk about his brand new venture with the FFPC and why all of you Dynasty players need to know about the Dynasty Depot. You follow him on Twitter at Credit Curd King. Please welcome back onto the show, DynastyDepot.com co-founder Nelson Burbitt. Nelson, thanks for popping on again this evening. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Doing well. Very excited because um, we're coming up at the end of October and November 1st, and, and this weekend really is a huge weekend for the Dynasty Depot. For anybody who missed you a few weeks back on the show, can you tell everybody what the Dynasty Depot is? Sure, Eric. Dynasty Depot is an auction site for FFPC Dynasty teams. So once week, week 16 ends um, and you want to sell your team, you'll have a forum to sell your team on the Dynasty Depot. Um, very exciting. Um, everybody seems overwhelmed. We're opening up this week for memberships on uh, Monday, and um, we're just very excited to get this close. A lot of work to get to this point. Um, Nelson, the, the Dynasty Depot has an exclusive partnership with the FFPC. What does that mean for, for the Dynasty players on that specific platform to, to have this partnership with this auction site? Well, you know, when you talk about FFPC, you're talking about one thing, right? You're talking about integrity. So when we were able to uh, approach FFPC with this idea about uh, possibly being a secondary market for Dynasty teams, um, when they, they love the idea at FFPC and that's where we wanted to be, you know, we wanted to make sure that the, the product and the teams that we were moving, you know, spelled out the word integrity and that's what it is with FFPC. So it's very exciting for us to, to be the exclusive reseller of dynasty teams for FFPC. And this is, and one thing I should make um, clear, and I think we touched on this in, in our last conversation, but I, I want to highlight this a little bit. Um, when, you know, sometimes life gets in the way of fantasy football. And uh, I think one of the, the stigmas that people see when they see like an orphan dynasty team or a dynasty team up for sale, they just assume it's a dog. It's a dog with fleas. It's one that they don't want to own. But people give up great teams all the time. And a lot of times um, uh, uh, when people will go on Dynasty Depot to check out some of these teams, there's going to be some good ones on there. In fact, ones that might even sell higher than the normal entry fee, right? Well, we, we would agree a thousand percent with that because people might win this year, have a great team, might win this year. It's hard to win two years in a row, as you know that. Um, so they might try to sell a team for a profit. There's many reasons people want to get out. People might get tired of looking at the same team for five years, can't get over the top, put it up for sale. Um, the market will determine, you know, what, what these teams are worth. When you put a team up on Dynasty Depot, you'll set a reserve on the team. And you'll set a buy it now price, and the market will uh, will tell you what you're getting for that. So it is. We we also see it going another way where people love to draft, right, Eric? That's 
fantasy people, that's what we like to do. So we see people drafting maiden teams in March and April and putting them up for sale. If you're a good drafter, you'll be able to put that team up for sale without ever playing it down. And, you know, you might be able to make profits on it. So we're excited. It's covering, you know, the people that want to get out at the people that want to get in, the bargain hunters. The bottom line through this thing is when we created this, we created this with one word in mind, and that's action, off-season action. And that's where we are. Yeah, and that will be the, the hub of that, no question, for all the FFPC Dynasty Leagues. That will be where the action is happening. So take me through this. If, if somebody gets a membership, they're locked and loaded, they go on DynastyDepot.com, are they just going to get you know presented with every team up for sale along with the reserve? And then is there like a set time that the each auction ends for each team? How does that work for people that are looking to buy? Okay. So I'll, I'll work backwards here. Uh, if a team goes up for sale, you'll have the option – to put your team up for auction for one, three, or five days. So if you want a quick auction, see what your team's worth, boom, 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 you can do a 24-hour auction, okay? So once a team goes up for auction, it'll hit the page. You'll be able to filter that page by dollar amount, by league amount, best ball standard, best of ball, super flex, and super flex. You'll be able to filter by what you're doing because we're anticipating – when January 4th, the auctions begin, we're anticipating there's probably going to be between 100 and 200 teams listed really quickly on this. So, you know, the nice thing is when we talk about memberships here, if everybody's familiar with FFPC orphan teams, you got to get lucky to get that team, right? Because you got to click on the orphan page 10, 15 times a day and hope, you know, a team's posted and, and not taken already. So what we've established with our mid-tier membership that we're going to basically be giving away tonight um, on this show with, with our promo code, you're going every time a new team posts, it will be notified on your phone. So you, it will pop up on your phone, new team posted, look at it on, on the front of your phone, touch your phone, and you can get in on that auction immediately or buy it now if you think that's something that you, know, you, you want to purchase immediately. Yeah, and, and for anybody who's listing them, obviously, too, you'll be able to watch people bid on your team over one day, three days, or five right. days, too. And, and, and to get that notification, that push notification on your phone, that's going to be a huge advantage for anybody who has that membership option, too. Um, tell Correct. us a little – I know you talked about this last time, Nelson, but tell us a little bit about why the Dynasty Depot's leaderboards are going to be important for everybody on there. Well, we, we think it's really the hidden jewel behind the whole thing because everybody, as we talked about last time, everybody likes the game within a game. So when you buy a team on Dynasty Depot, I don't care if you spend $5 or you spend $2,000. That team equates to a team on Dynasty Depot. Each week, your team will accumulate points through FFPC and be transferred to the Dynasty Depot leaderboard. So if you're in a best ball league, everybody that buys a team on best ball, on FFPC best ball, will all be in one league on Dynasty Depot. Your points will transfer. Whatever you score that week, it'll hit the leaderboard. At the end of week 13, unbelievable because we put the prizes together, and our website, DynastyDepot.com, will be live on Monday. First time the public's going to finally get to see this. It's open for memberships, but you'll be able to click on leaderboard and we have put the prizes up there. So going back to what we said, you buy a dog, a $77 team for 5 bucks. Guy wanted to get rid of it. You take off season and you spin it around and 
you make it into a monster next year. That $5 team, if that wins the Dynasty Depot leaderboard best ball, will get you a 2021 main event entry with FFPC. Second place is a free $500 Dynasty team. We're giving away dynasties. The top 10 places are great, great prizes, and you're getting this for nothing. Okay, we're not charging you for this entry. If you're a member of Dynasty Depot, you buy one team. Hey, you buy 25 teams on Dynasty Depot, they're all entered into the contest, the leaderboard contest in 2021. DynastyDepot.com co-founder Nelson Verbit joining us here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour this week. So the website is indeed DynastyDepot.com. Nelson, that's the best. That's where, where people should be going. You can sign up for the newsletter right there. Um, and then you will be able to have access to that on November 1st when, when you know, everybody, you, they'll get the lay of the land on the site. Obviously, that's the best thing to do. Tell me more about the promo code tonight. Yeah, so what on Monday, 12.01 a.m. Monday, the site will go live. Um, and for our FFPC people, the promo code is CHARTER20. Being you're a charter member, Charter 20. And what that's going to get you is we have three membership levels, rookie, all pro, and hall of fame. The all pro membership level will get you unlimited bid buying and selling. It will get you the texting service, which I think is very, very important. It will get you a free $59 roster watch pro membership with one of our partners. And that's for Charter 20. So, we're not going to run this real long. We are going, as I told you before, we're going on Sirius XM radio to the masses in December. So once that happens, there'll be a different promo code. It's not going to be the sweetener that we're giving the FFPC people. So it's dynastydepot.com, Charter 20, starting on Monday. Get your membership. Get it locked up. You know, hopefully you're buying a lot of teams on the site and, and – you know, you're getting involved in that leaderboard. Listen, it gives you another thing to do, okay, on Monday. After you're checking your standings on Tuesday morning, you pop over to Dynasty Depot, see how your team's ranked in there. You know, it's great prizes we're giving away. Absolutely. Uh, and, and also uh, all the members of the Dynasty Depot are getting free access to Dynasty rankings from Roster Watch, we've had a lot of good experiences with Roster Watch here at the FFPC. Alex Dunlap, uh, certainly an awesome guy that they have uh, over there, does a really good job in pros versus shows every single year. Um, so check that out. Charter20 is the promo code. DynastyDepot.com is the website. You follow him on Twitter at the Dynasty Depot. Nelson, man, good luck with this. Uh, I'm very excited for it. I know the FFPC Dynasty owners are, are definitely excited for it as well, and we can't wait for Monday to see that site go live and uh, get everything going. It's going to be awesome. And, and thank you for the discount code for all the FFPC players as well. Thank you, for, as always, Eric, for your time and, and your graciousness. And um, I appreciate it, man. All right, dude. Enjoy week eight. We'll talk again soon, all right? Thank you, buddy. Bye-bye. Nelson Verbit, ladies and gentlemen, the co-founder of DynastyDepot.com. Uh, remember, that do- uh, promo code is CHARTER20, C-H-A-R-T-E-R-2-0. Uh, to get your discounted uh, membership to DynastyDepot.com. And certainly if you are an FFPC Dynasty player or even thinking about becoming one, now is the time to get in on that, ladies and gentlemen, for sure. Uh, always good to talk to Nelson Verbit, very talented uh, high-stakes player too. And uh, we've had him on this show to talk content um, before, as well as the road of his high-stakes lowdown as well. Um, one of the best parts about this program is we get to talk to high-stakes players 
each and every week. And we're very fortunate to uh, welcome in two studs uh, into the program tonight, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, number one, I want to, uh, to introduce my co-host, who I haven't heard from yet, uh, but he's popping on now. You follow him on Twitter at Jay Farrell Elliott, the commissioner of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Farrell, good Friday evening to you, man. Good evening, sir. I finally shook off my phone obligations and got to you, Balky, in time for Chris and Allen. Yeah, exactly. And and that's who I want to bring on right now. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's time. They don't have a wealth of, of FFPC experience, but they do have several decades worth of fantasy football experience, and they've used that en route to their ascension to the top of the leaderboard in the Football Guys Players Championship heading into Week 8. Please welcome onto the program Chris Andres and Alan Martirosian. Guys, thank you so much for hopping aboard tonight. Thank you very much for having us. So happy to be here. Yeah, good evening. Thanks for having us. It, it's got to be um, exciting for you guys to, to see your name when you look at the top of the – and, Chris, I'll, I'll throw this to you. Um, but it's sure. got to be exciting to see your name right up at the top of the leaderboard, you know, essentially halfway through the NFL season right now. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, it's a huge surprise. I mean, yeah, sure, I've done okay in fantasy football, but to see it at the top of a list of, what, 10,100 10, players, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Of course, you know, I would rather have it uh, be week 11 instead of week uh, 7, right? But I'll take it, you know. You just got a lot of work to yeah, do to keep this momentum going. Yeah, you're certainly putting Bucky, yourself in, what is in the that, best position. Uh, what is that grand prize in football, guys, this year? That that would be a five hundred thousand dollar grand prize uh, that these okay. guys That's are what in the I drivers. Thought. I just wanted to hear you say it. Like, wow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chris and Alan, it would be more than okay. It would, yeah, we're going to, yeah, uh, keep going, fellas. How many points yes. have amassed to get you guys to where you are? How many points have you scored in the seven weeks? Oh, let's see. You guys it's are averaging. Roughly, I want to say, I want to say yeah. about one hundred and eighty-three, one hundred eighty-four points at a game, right? Oh, you're right up there. I know that. Yeah, I got um, to go to my, my well, I, right I have one question for you because I, I think I jumped on to some of Balky's information <sighs> that he wanted to ask you. But I have I have one question. Every time partners come on the show, that's what I <laughs> right. love best about it. And, you know, mm-hmm. you guys, uh, it will be interesting. To, I think the backstory of how guys get together and play fantasy football, and in your case, play it successfully is what's most interesting. So Balky said you guys don't have a wealth of history in playing in the FFPC. I think you'll be in a lot of seats and a lot of leagues next year. Uh, Is this, is this partnership going to continue as a uh, exclusive to all FFPC teams? And uh, can you tell us a little bit about how you got together? Alan, you want to take that one? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, well, Chris and I have known each other for a number of years. We met through our uh, son's basketball teams. So, uh, sure, glad we got connected that way. And then we started talking about connecting on uh, fantasy last year. Uh, I jumped in last minute in FFPC last year. And then this year, Chris convinced me to join him, and I'm sure glad he did. Absolutely. Yeah, and Alan, you you won. You were in the main event last year, and you won your individual league, right? Yeah, that's right. Which is pretty impressive. It was a last, really a last-minute uh, decision to join last year. And it was a good decision, too, because not only do you have a league championship under your belt, you're one for one, and now you guys are in first place in the uh, FPC heading into uh, to week eight. I'm, I'm just, you know, kind of curious. You know, we have, 
we do have owners come in in their first year, first couple years, and mm-hmm. they do achieve some success. Um, it's rare to have somebody have played one main event and won it, and now in the first year of the Football Guys Players Championship, you guys are leading the whole thing, which is pretty pretty crazy. So I'm just kind of curious, Alan, yeah. how, how has the success been so seamless for you guys these last couple of years? How did you adapt to, you know, sort of a unique starting lineup, a unique scoring system? And, and, and a lot of guys have been playing this for a lot of years. Why was the transition not that hard for you? I mean, for me, honestly, it's just doing it for 30 years. I've been playing fantasy football probably for 30 years now. So a lot of, lot of ups and downs and uh, painful lessons learned over the years. And I think it just translated into success. So it's just really experience. That's great, guys. You know, when I – Chris, Alan, when sure. I looked at the draft, um, there were certain players that were just a mystery to me. I didn't know what to do with them, so they just went off my draft board. And I noticed that one of those guys you took in the eighth round. I thought that was a little high. And earlier in, in our league in Kentucky and then later where I get the pleasure of playing against you guys in the FFPC, I, I looked at later drafts and I saw him going higher. And that player is Christian Kirk. Now, I'm always trying to target a player that I think is going to be explosive, that's going to be rising with a bullet, so to speak, as we get to midseason. Kirk's only 36 overall in receiving, 18 catches, but five TDs, and I really like what's going on. Did you guys foresee him developing into that kind of player? And, and what, do you, what do you see for him with the team after coming through the bye week? Yeah, I think uh... – I want to say Chris Christian Kirk was one of your picks. We were, you know, we were drafting together <laughs> online, uh, talking about the draft as we were going. And uh, I, honestly, I think Christian Kirk was one of uh, the guys Chris spotted. He's definitely explosive. Uh, I remember last year a lot of ups and downs. Um, mm-hmm. So I got to give the credit to Chris on that one. Well, was all yeah, Chris, what did you connect. see in him? Well, trying to connect. Well, I couldn't get DeAndre Hopkins. So I would like to have someone actually to connect with the quarterback that we have. And since we got Kyler Murray, let's go ahead and get mm-hmm. Christian Kirk because he was explosive. Because I remember last year, Allen had Christian Kirk on his team. I'm like, who the heck is this guy? And he ended up doing fairly well. So because of that, you know, how well Allen used him last year, he was one of the guys who wanted to target if we couldn't get Hopkins. Um, so and thank goodness, it's, it's just we've been very fortunate obviously, at this point. Chris Andres, uh, Alan Martirosi, and joining us here on the uh, High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour this week, uh, leaders in the Football Guys Players Championship. And, and Chris, another guy, and, and this is where I'm, I'm sort of going to um, get into some, some conversations I've had with high stakes owners, um, talking sure. about Tony Pollard, because a lot mm-hmm. of people for the last couple of weeks have said that Pollard should be getting more touches in this offense than mm-hmm. he has been getting. Uh, and Ezekiel Elliott should not be getting as much because Pollard's been doing, he's been more efficient with his carry. And I'm kind of curious, given sure. the way that this season is going for Dallas, Chris, how close does this get to a 50-50 split by the end of the year? A situation I don't think any of us expected in the drafting season. No, absolutely. And, you know, obviously Zeke is one of the better running backs uh, in the league. But the thing is that what's going on is Dallas is still in the hunt for leading in the NFC East division with a two and five record. And they're only one place out of first place. So I really don't see them using totally Pollard so much because Zeke, they're going to need him to do very well. They're still in the hunt for the playoffs. 
And of course, you know, if they aren't in the hunt, then I could I could see them going more to the point Paul just to save uh, Zeke and his legs. But right now, since they're kind of in the middle of, of it, they need Zeke. They need him to step up. I, I think that's an excellent evaluation of that. I think that Zeke is going to put that team on his back and carry them as long and as yeah. far as he can. It's a real chance for him to step up and be the competitor that we all know he is. Now, Christopher, you, <laughs> a guy that's been trying to find a place <laughs> to compete and compete in a little different way than uh, a lot of other players around the league. Another mystery player on my board was Le'Veon Bell. I drafted him <laughs> and I stayed with him and uh, I don't really – know what to expect, but the schedule makers have given us a real plum this week, and Le'Veon yep. Bell returns to play his uh, his uh, New York Jets uh, former teammates. The Jets giving up 142 yards rushing uh, in a mop-up mm-hmm. row, Le'Veon Bell, right. a significant talent who does not have to carry any team on his back and be part of a very effective machine what do you see for him this weekend? Are you going to start him, flex him, or do you do you feel that he's going to persist, uh, uh, be in your lineup uh, the rest of the way? Well, it's just funny. I was just uh, texting Alan about that. He wanted to uh, uh, play someone uh, else uh, instead of Levy. I'm like, I don't know. There's a pretty good uh, chance that Levy's going to do really well. But I said, we got a chance to talk about it. We've got a couple of days to discuss. We'll have a couple, a couple of drinks, and then we'll talk it over. But, I mean, to me, with uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire playing great, I don't see Le'Veon getting um, the same amount of rushes and touches as uh, um, Clyde Edwards, at least during each no. game. But I do see Bell doing a lot of play-action receiving and doing more on the goal line touches. That's where he's going to get a lot of his touches. And I think with what's happening with the, the team he's playing, He's going to get opportunities because, yeah, it's probably going to be a blowout. They're probably going to have Le'Veon Bell kind of do his thing. And I think he wants to showcase what he can do because I'm sure he feels pretty slighted by the Jets. And he's going to showcase exactly what he can do. Um, and yeah, I, I think, think he showcases himself right yeah. into the end zone in this game. And that's yes, when Bobby and I have something we can't, we can't figure yeah. out. I, I think I heard this right because I'm listening carefully to what you said. When, when you can't really make a decision quickly – you guys started having drinks and talking about it. And that's exactly <laughs> what Balky and I do when we can't figure it out. Yeah, yeah yes, sometimes absolutely. it even works. <laughs> it does. It absolutely um, does. So, so, okay, one of the things that I, I think fantasy owners are trying to figure out is, is this tight end situation in Denver right now. Um, you have Noah Fant uh, coming off the uh, the injury and, you know, a lot of more than whispers out there saying that, you know, he's still not – um, fully healthy and Alan this is curious you know this is why it's important to you because this is a, a, a guy that you own in both your leagues and fan and now maybe this could be a committee maybe it could be a split between Albert Okuwekunam and uh, in, in, in Noah Fant um, so I'm just kind of curious how concerned you think that that is a realistic possibility and could be something that happens for the Broncos now yeah I mean I'm a little bit biased towards Fant he first few weeks he really earned a a good place in our hearts. We were the probably the last team to draft tight end in our league. Uh, everybody's jumping on tight end because you get a point and a half per reception. Uh, we waited, and Fant was our last. I think we were the last ones to take a tight end, and he came out of the gates just mm-hmm. crushing it. Um, so I still have confidence in him. I mean, he's averaging nearly eight targets a game. So to me, I still have a lot of confidence in Fant, just talent level and, uh, and targets, even though his quarterback situation is not great. 
Hmm. Guys, I waited on tight end, too. I ended up with Fant. Obviously, during your waiting on tight end, you were taking Kristen Kirk and young guys that were explosive. I made the mistake (laughs) of taking uh, back-to-back receivers in the seventh and eighth round, Jarvis Landry and Julian Edelman. So, uh, you know, Mm. uh, we all know the story on Edelman, and we know the story on Landry. And what interests me is that he is uh, on your team. I'd be curious where you guys took him and what you expected. I I didn't want to take him. I felt I would get 15, 12 to 15 points a game. I'm getting 10. I rarely play him. He uh, now taken away from his team is Odell Beckham. We have uh, a number of young players that uh, look explosive, plus the tight end mm-hmm. in Joku, the first-round draft pick, returns to the lineup. You guys get a gift if you want to play. Jarvis Landry this week. You get the gift of the Raiders uh, coming through the uh, coming through town. You know, and I and I googled because I've been curious <laughs> what the Raiders are playing. I, I really admire, um, I, I really admire their uh, joiner, uh, defensive back number twenty nine. Uh, and I, and I looked and I said, you know, are they playing a zone? Are they playing a matchup zone? Or are they playing a cover two? What exactly are they playing? I put into uh, Google. Uh, what defense does the Cleveland or does the Las mm-hmm. Vegas Raiders play? And it came back, Las Vegas defense is butter. That's what exactly came back on Google. <laughs> and, and I, I nice. quit then, and I said, you know, maybe maybe it's a Landry start. What do you guys think, guys? He's still looking for the end zone. He's 45th amongst wide receivers in points. Mm-hmm. And he does have Mr. Joyner on the other side of the ball. Well, it's kind of funny because right before this call, uh, <laughs> Alan and I were just discussing that. Alan was like, hey, I'm thinking Landry over, uh, uh, you know, I think he was, he, well, yeah, he mentioned, I want Landry. I'm like, well, who are we going to sit? Are we going to sit Evans? He says, no, we sit Bell. I'm like, okay, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> we just might do that. You know, so either way, I mean, either way, we have a good, we have someone who's going to do really well, at least we hope. So that's kind of, it's just you know, he mentioned something. All right, we'll discuss and go from there. And it's great that you guys just brought that up. And Alan, I know you're the one who kind of said, so "What were your kind of, what was your thoughts here?" So why? Yeah, I mean, I'm not confident in Landry's upside, but I'm confident as him as kind of a safe play. You know, a seven catch, mm-hmm. seventy yard guy. And uh, with all the other explosive guys we've got, um, I see him as kind of a safe play. He'll definitely get more targets. But, again, I'm not confident in him blowing up, but just a safe play. The leaders in the 2020 Football Guys Players Championship after seven weeks of play are Chris Andres and uh, Alan Martirosi, and they're joining us here tonight on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Guys, a couple of emails that came in for you, and I'm going to lead this one off. I'll let Alan take this one. Um, Matt in Macon, Georgia writes, which Dolphins are you starting this week with Tua Tungabailoa making his debut against the Rams. Thank you for the email, Matt, in Macon, Georgia. How does that change, Alan, with, with Tugavailoa and their over Fitzpatrick? Are, are you, you know, doing anything different with guys like Gaskin or Parker or, or Jasicki or any of these guys with Tungavailoa in there? Yeah, honestly, a little bit nervous as a Dolphins receiver owner. I've got uh, Parker in another league and definitely don't know what to expect. Um, I would think Gaskin might be safe just because of some dump-offs. You know, if two is trying to play it safe and, and, you know, I could see Gaskin catching five, six balls. Um, so I think that would be the safe route. What do you, what do you think, Chris? Is, is is that the way you fall in on the, the whole Dolphins conversation until we see more of Tonga Bailoa? 
Well, I'm hoping Tua does pretty well. You know, I'm always, you know, up for the guy who tries to come in as a rookie, and he has a lot of hype behind him. Uh, has an arm. I was looking at some of his videos. My, he reminds me a little bit of Kyler Murray. And even Murray came in and he had a little tough time. Um, but with a little time, he's got some – he has some talent to throw to. He does have some good players. It's not like he doesn't have anybody. You know, so I think Tua may do pretty well, but I know it's against a defense. I mean, the wonderful thing about football is it's any given Sunday, guys. Who the heck knows? But I'm oh. close for Tua to do some pretty nice things this weekend. Yeah, I'm excited you know, to see it, it is for any, sure. it, Since it is any given Sunday, guys, you know, anything can happen any week. What you counted on last week, you may mm-hmm. not see this week. Um and and that takes us to my favorite question every week. You know, you are uh, you are staring down a championship here, uh, and you've got ten opportunities to expand, or in your case, keep your territory as the number one team. But there's <laughs> always one guy in fantasy football, and he may not be in your roster, and he may not be in your lineup, but he could be that uh, expected. Bust. And then you guys are impressive drafters. I'd like each of you to answer this question. I'd like you to give me one bust, and then I would <laughs> like you to turn to that player that us lesser mortals of drafting may have to rely on uh, this weekend. Someone that uh, no one else uh, might be smart enough to start but you, and if you did, you would be <laughs> deeply rewarded. They call him a sleeper. Uh, you cannot, uh, um, You cannot use any uh, Carolina players, especially one that doubles as a wide receiver, running back, and wears number ten. And his name's Sam. Bust and sleeper. That's what we need, guys. And I need okay. it more than anyone. I need. To All right. Well, sure. I'll do the first one. Well, uh, for the bust, you know, I hate to say it because I'm a black and gold fan, uh, but I think my bust of the week is going to be Chase Claypool. And we have him Ooh. on our roster, and uh, with Deontay Johnson coming back. He's in the lineup, and Dan just loves to throw to him. And usually once uh, Deontay, Deontay's back and, uh, you know, Clay, Claypool just kind of goes into the wayside. You know, I know he had a couple of really great games, and I think long-term he will, just I think with this game being a tough matchup in Baltimore, I think it's going to be tough. So uh, Claypool is my kind of bust for the week. And for my um, sleeper, the guy we were just talking about, another former black and gold, I think Le'Veon Bell. This is an opportunity Ooh. for him to really step it up. And, I mean, I have him on a few of my teams. He really hasn't done much here the past couple of weeks because with the Jets and last year he was with the Jets. He has a lot to prove against the team. Now, Grant, if you're going if you, if to prove you're good, you better do it against the Jets. If you can't do it against the Jets, you may not be able to do it against the Jets. <laughs> All right, we're starting. Hey. <laughs> Hey, uh, so Alan, my, yeah. I want to get to I I want to get to yours in just one second. But Chris, as long as you you bring up Chase Claypool, um, yeah, something that I've been asking a lot of players, high stakes players, about how do you sort of see that Steelers uh, receiver situation going forward? You know, Juju Smith Schuster is in the last mm-hmm. year of his contract. That the Steelers have not extended right. him yet. Um, how do you? I mean, do you think that they bring back Smith Schuster to pair with Johnson? Well, not pair, but to go along with Johnson and Claypool next year. Who's the Steelers receiver really to own going forward? Well, I think going forward, I mean, it's, uh, Deontay and I think it's going to be Claypool, but I've been with the Steelers. I mean, I'm a Steelers fan, you know, diehard. So I've seen him go through many players, players that were good, and they just let them go. And when they let them go, they really don't do much on other teams, but they're on the Steelers do well. Um, so I would think that they would, you know, at least keep Claypool. And obviously Deontay Johnson, those are the two. 
um, at least long-term. But Steelers just has a knack of drafting really good, young wide receivers. And I think sometimes, oh, they're going to go, they're going to go. We'll just draft somebody else. I don't know if they have that mentality at times. Um, Steelers do. But they seem to really be able to draft wide receivers well. Um, hopefully he doesn't get big for his britches like Antonio Brown did. Um, but we shall. <laughs> so I'm just hoping, you know, He's a really good guy, and one thing about Pittsburgh is, you know, they're down to home people. They really like their fans. The fans love them, you know, and we always hate to see them go. But, you know, if there's something going on and they just, you know, he's getting too big for his bitches, then, yeah, I could see him letting him go. But I hope not. Um, yeah, exactly. I, I know exactly how you feel. Um, a sleeper and a bust from you, Alan. The uh, sleeper, I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk, um, you know, with Debo Samuel out. They got, you know, obviously they got Kittle, but they got no other receivers to throw to, and Seattle's the worst. I think they're the worst-ranked pass defense in the league. So, Ayuk is my sleeper. Um, And then the bust, I don't know how much of a bust it is, but I'm going to go back to that Dolphins game. I think the Dolphins are going to win in Tua's first game, and I think Jared Goff is the bust. Oh, boy. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, okay. So one other thing here, and Chris, you kind of already gave your answer on this, but I did, I just came across one more email, uh, from Steve in Detroit and Alan, I'm going to pitch this to you. Uh, Hey guys, Mm -hmm. should I sit Chase Claypool in favor of Marquise (laughs) Brown this week? Nice work in the football guys contest. That is Steve in Detroit. Steve, thank you so much for the email. (laughs) Alan, are are you with, with Chris in this, uh, that this is not going to be a Claypool week? Yeah, I think uh, I think I would go with Brown just because of the you know more more limited uh, choices in the uh, Baltimore passing game. I think Brown gets more opportunities than Claypool. Um, what, I know Farrell asked the, the final question, but I do just as long as we got a minute or two left here, mm-hmm. um, Chris. I'll pitch this to you, and then Alan, uh, please please let us know your thoughts. But I, I, normally, I, when when people have just join the FFPC or just start playing there. I always want to ask them, you know, what, what's the biggest difference? What was the biggest adjustment you had to make from, you know, your home leagues to your, to, 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 you know, competing in the high stakes space. And, and you guys have had a lot of success because you've had like 30 plus years of this, but I'm just mm-hmm. kind of curious, what was the biggest adjustment that you had to make um, in, in playing in these FFPC leagues that you didn't necessarily have to do in your home leagues? Uh, I think, for me, it was uh, it's the waivers. The waivers are a place where you can win. I mean, if you have a good draft, successful draft, great. Uh, if you don't, you can use the waivers as a way to obviously make your team better. But I'm always being mindful of who's out there. I'm always looking for sleepers to possibly pick up and how much you're going to have to pay for them. So to me, there's, you know, there's the game that you're playing when you draft. There's the game you play when you, you know, during the week, and then there's a game that you play on the waiver wire. And for me, playing that waiver wire, is a constant game to try to figure out which guys you can get at good prices early because once they have a hot game, their price is going to go up. And we've experienced that a couple times. So I'm always trying to get ahead of the game. Save two or three uh, games ahead. Try to get sleepers now so I don't have to pay so much later. So, you know, uh, I have a good solid, solid um, you know, bench, which we do now. And we're continually looking for guys, you know, to kind of um, stack our, um, our bench. I always so think that's the way that is a brilliant way to look at it, mm-hmm. Eric. Did you did you hear? Did you hear these guys are in first place and they're continually looking for a way to improve their team? And I love that. I I got to tell you, you know, you guys have a smooth and 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 give and take with each other, mm-hmm. and, and obviously a, a lot of respect for each other. And 
it it, mm-hmm. it works. It's taking you a long way, and I wish you continued success. I think you're going to have it. Yeah, thank absolutely. Uh, you guys can't can't thank you enough for for popping on the show this week. Um, and you know, if if you do end up cashing that five hundred thousand dollar <laughs> grand prize at the end of the season, you best believe we'll have you back on in January for for a recap on on how that all went down. I know you guys uh, know you have more work cut out for you, and, and it's going to be several more weeks before we can get there. But you're in the driver's seat now. Congratulations on that success. Thanks so much for joining us this week. And we will talk to you again soon, guys. Enjoy week eight. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you very much. appreciate the time. Thank you so much. That okay. is Chris Andres. That is Alan Martirosian, the leaders in the 2020 Football Guys Players Championship uh, as we head into week eight. Farrell, it's crazy, you know, you think about this, but, for the FFPC, for the football guys, for, for Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship as well, there's only four more weeks of regular season play. So you get four weeks to, um, to, to sort of make hay while the sun shines and try to get your team into the playoffs. Um, I don't know about you, but I am, I am desperate and, and making every move like it's my last. And I found out I exhausted my fab budget in one of my Kentucky leagues on Wednesday night. So that, that is, I got $0 left in that league. We'll see if it's enough, but... I, I'm spending oh, it all, man. Well, you know, you, you you've got to get through uh, you you've got to get through week eleven broke, Balky. That's your goal. That's exactly what you want to do. So you, you're doing it right. You're just doing it a little earlier uh, than most <laughs> everyone would do it. I, you know, all of these teammates. I, I got to say it again. All these teammates that come in, you know, you can tell they're having fun. You can tell they're great guys, and, and I've enjoyed all of them. These guys have something special going on. I, I think that they're I, I think they're going to be looking beyond this year. You asked them about the future of the Pittsburgh Steelers and I thought that was a very astute answer that they came back with. But I you know, I think as far as we look at the future, these guys are, are going to be trouble. When I show up uh at Caesars in twenty twenty one I don't want to see these guys at my table. Yeah. Or yeah. Or at least not in your league for sure. You know, drafting on a different mm-hmm. table would, would definitely be much more beneficial. Um, we got some, uh, some emails here. I want to get to tonight, Farrell. Uh, so without further ado, Rob, let's hear it. If you've got a question for Eric, Dave, or tonight's guest, send them a tweet at HSFFHour on Twitter. Email the show at HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com. Post it in the chat room during the broadcast. Hashtag your tweet with HSFF or just smack Eric in the head. That's HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com or at HSFFHour on Twitter. First email comes from the great state of Maryland. Bill is in Essex, Maryland, and he writes, uh, Dear Farrell and Balky, I'm more than a little concerned that the defenses are going to slow down the offenses in that Steelers-Ravens game, and I'm thinking of starting Joe Burrow over Big Ben for that exact reason. What do you guys think? That is Bill in Essex, Maryland. Farrell, how do you fall in on this? Burrow or Big Ben in Week 8? Oh, our man from Essex, Maryland is right on it. Joe Burrow... uh... It comes into this game five games, Balky. Five games with 300 plus yards. This guy is a rookie quarterback. He's phenomenal feel in the pocket. It's like he's got eyes in the back of his head. Now the Titans, you know, there's there's a lot of talk about the success that the Titans have had this year. But I, you know, I think it's all very very phony when you start looking at their pass defense. Fifteen passing TDs against the Falcons. Four quarterbacks 
have hit them for over 200 yards just to the wide receivers. Not 200 yards for the game, but just to the wideouts. And they're the names of – it's just like the, the names that are etched in stone at the Hall of Fame. It's guys like Cousins, Minshew, Locke, Josh Allen in a, in a uh, chaser game. Uh, you know, they, they played with Rosenberger who had a difficult second half, but a good first, uh, good first half. And, uh, and Watson has, has led up the Titans pretty good. Uh, Burrow will continue to do that this weekend. Titans don't have a pass rush. Even if they did, it wouldn't bother this kid. With the Titans, six sacks in seven games. You go over to Mr. Roethlisberger and what he's looking at, they got 13 sacks by the Ravens in the last two games. Uh, they have just uh, coming home to Maryland as uh, – Yannick Ngakwe, uh, Maryland Terrapin, comes home to play for the local team. 21st in quarterback scoring. I got stats. You know, look, the road is kryptonite for Big Ben. Baltimore's at home coming off a bye. He did well in the Tennessee game. They maintained to get out of there and keep their record. Uh, this is where it comes to an end in Baltimore, and it's, it's not a good game for Roethlisberger. Burrow will, Burrow will torch the Titans. Who knows if they'll win? they got a good offense on Tennessee. But Burrow will uh, Burrow will have a significant fantasy game. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh, that game, the total next fifty one and a half Titans six and a half point favorites. You'd like to think that Joe Burrow's arm is is going to be crucial in keeping Cincinnati uh, in that game if they're able to make it uh, a game in the fourth quarter. Farrell, just just um, a dynasty question here for you: Who has the better career, Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert? When you consider the uh, the, the quarterbacks that got drafted highest. In the, and I'll, t- I'll tell you what, let's throw in Tua Tungavailoa in there. If, if you were playing Dynasty or even just from an NFL standpoint, who has the best career of those three rookie quarterbacks? Just soon to tell, uh, Burrow and Herbert have the early start, and it puts them ahead of Tua. Tua will be a different kind of quarterback, so a different fantasy kind of quarterback. He'll have to score points with his legs. And, you know, everyone wants to point to Russell Wilson, but the comparisons aren't that easy to make. Uh, Right now, Burrow, as you look forward in the future, he's got the less he's got less controversy, less expectations perhaps. Um, Cincinnati is much, much different environment than Los Angeles, even if it is the second Los Angeles team. And he's got a coaching staff that uh, is uh, secure. Offensive minded. So if I had to make a decision today, it's a tough one. But I'm I'm all lining up with Burrow. Yeah, I think I'm with you right now. Although I I, I reserve the right to change my mind, as we always both do on this show, as we get new information. Let's go to Nick in New London, Connecticut. Uh, he writes: Is there something to the revenge game narrative this week when Le'Veon Bell plays his old mm-hmm. team, or would I be better served playing Justin Jackson over him instead? Thanks so much. That is Nick. In New London, Connecticut, Farrell, we, we talked a little bit with Chris and Allen about Le'Veon Bell this week. We obviously got their thoughts. How about you? Is Bell in for a big game this weekend, um, or is it still going to be the Edwards-Alaire show against the Jets? Oddly enough, uh, the comparison is is very appropriate here because they're both splitting time. Jackson's splitting time with Kelly. Everyone knows that I'm a big Kelly believer, and everyone knows I had to bite my tongue when these guys uh, – um, Adam and Chris were picking Claypool as the bus <laughs> for the week, but but I right. but nevertheless, 
Nevertheless, they're in first place. Who am I to argue with them? But now, you know, uh, Jackson and Kelly, were, they're, they're going to eventually get into a game that's going to be more of a Kelly game um, than, than a Jackson game. But I, I think, uh, you know, what they're running into, uh, what the Chargers are running into in Denver this week, you know, Denver has given up two rushing TDs. They're allowing 17 fantasy points to um, – uh, two running backs collectively, and you would expect Kelly and Jackson to split that. And, you know, hey, look, they played Henry. They played against Connor. They played against what Tampa had to offer and Rojo and Fournette. It's a real, this is a real run-stopping defense in Denver. So I'm giving – I'll go back to Le'Veon Bell and say that in a game where um, they, they get up early, uh, Kansas City – uh, wants to see that game away. They also want to work on some things. They also want to make Le'Veon Bell comfortable. And yeah, like coaching room, they're talking about the fact that they want to, you know, that they want to give him a chance to make a statement. They'll get him at least a touchdown. And yeah, I don't know if you can count on that between Jackson and Kelly. Uh, it's an easy decision, Le'Veon Bell. So, Farrell, you're, you're a player agent. I mean, you, you deal with this kind of stuff. The, the revenge game, you know, this, this is a real thing, right? When, when players go back and mm-hmm. face their old team, they want to show them that they did indeed make a mistake. And this isn't something that the media or, or pundits like us make up. This, this is a real thing for these players, right? Uh, it, it is. And it's, it's miscast in a revenge game, even if a player left on good terms. Um, it's, it's meant – to come back and to uh, you know have the have the kind of game that that people would expect you to have. They see your maturation as a player. They see, well, you know, we let you go and, and you're coming back here. There's also players that compete against each other with end games. And if you look at it, you know, you'll see certain games if you have two running backs that went to the same college or competed, perhaps in one of the power five conferences and one got drafted in front of the other one, or one might've got drafted and one didn't get drafted at all. They're always wanting to show each other up. It's very, very competitive people at that position. So you can look for those kind of things. Uh, there are not always as obvious as Le'Veon Bell returning to his, his employer to start the season. So yeah, that those type, those type of things are always present. And right now you take anyone, that goes up against the Tennessee Titans, the opposing running back wants to have a big, big game and nullify some of the attention that Hunter Henry's or that, uh, that Derek Henry's getting. A um, couple more emails here uh, for us, Farrell. This is from Ron and Akron, uh, appropriately. Is <laughs> T.Y. Hilton worth starting oh, anymore? God. I played Cole Beasley last week on your guest advice and was very pleased. Should I start him over Hilton? In week eight, too. Ron, thank you so much for the email. By the way, I did get an email from, from Barney Newkirk saying, uh, after you know he said Cole Beasley was going to be a sleeper last week, and Beasley obviously had the double-digit catches for 120-plus yards or whatever it was, he made sure to, to remind me that, that he uh, made that call on our show last week, and it helped out Ron, which is good. Uh, that's what we're trying to do here. So, Farrell, in week eight, you got to play Beasley over Hilton again, right? Oh, easy. It was an astute call because – Fantasy players just don't quite understand Beasley. Uh, you know, football is, is is all about how you match up. You you saw um, 
you saw the Green Bay Packers come out and put in a great first quarter against Tampa Bay. And then Tampa made some changes. They were rushing with four. They went to five. They ran up some unique uh, defensive fronts that uh, Rodgers could not uh, – hadn't seen. And uh, defenders were getting in the, in the backfield. And, and, you know, so this is a team, Tampa Bay, that struggled against Chicago – but made the right made the right adjustments to work um, against uh, against Green Bay. So my point is that Beasley will have his moments of having great success. There were no adjustments made. The middle was open. They threw the ball to him about fourteen times. That's what Carolina should have done with some of their receivers last night. Beasley's situation, though, this year. Is is beyond impressive. You know he is on he's on track to have plus eighty catches. He's found the end zone two times. Everybody can talk about how Buffalo doesn't score the ball in the red zone, and Allen Allen takes the touches away from the running backs and receivers. But you know Beasley's got two more touchdowns than uh, a lot of wide receivers because Landry's at zero and T. Y. Hilton certainly is at zero. I, we keep getting these T. Y. Hilton questions, and it's an easy choice for Beasley. But T.Y., uh, I hope, I hope for a miracle. I hope that he's actually uh, acquired in a trade. This is this is a wonderful uh, wide receiver. You, when's the last time you've been to Indy, uh, Balkan? Um, well, I'm, I, well, I suppose I'm not in Kentucky since I flew this year. So probably the last time I was in Indianapolis was driving down to, to Louisville uh, in 2019. There you go. So it's been a while, and the downtown has been resurgent, and it's uh, Fountain Squares where all the nightlife and the activity is. T.Y. Hilton is a fountain of sorrow. It's a, it's a, just a sadness <laughs> as to what's happened to his uh, career. Uh, you know, the, the email comes in, we're talking about T.Y. Hilton. I would rather start Godwin, Beckham, Robinson, even Crowder than T.Y. Oh, Hilton. Guys, you are all missing. those guys aren't going to play. <laughs> And, but yeah. I would rather, I would rather hope for a miracle here, healing for one of those players, than to play T. Y. Hilton, and because I think I've got a better chance of getting an injured player, uh, another miracle, and having recovered, than Philip Rivers uh, learning how to get one of his wounded ducks to a guy that is really a fine football player and is losing the season here. When you were talking about. Um the way uh, the, the coverage is being rolled on Cole Beasley reminded me of something. And I wanted to ask you this, and I don't know if you have any insight into this, but, you know, the Houston Texans didn't bracket. They didn't double cover. They weren't rolling a safety over at all on Devontae Adams, who just torched him on Sunday. He was mm-hmm. constantly locked up in man-to-man coverage. Vernon Hargraves, Eric Murray, Philip Gaines, none of them could do anything by themselves. Why, why do you think the Texans didn't change anything? Why, did, why do you think they just left? Um, you know, whichever corner it was on an island with one of the best receivers in pro football, and even after he was destroying them, they didn't change anything. You got to see it. You got to act quick. You got to have Plan B, and you got to be comfortable and confident in your players being able to make a change in a game plan. And I don't know how many of those things are working in Houston, but 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 I don't know if any of them are. Hey, when's the last time you watched Moneyball? Uh, Moneyball, I watched probably about a week and a half ago, actually. Philip Seymour Hoffman, it was a great, great role as Art Howe as the manager. You couldn't even, you, you couldn't even imagine that was 
Philip Seymour Hoffman playing the role. And and he tells to Brad Pitt, who plays uh, the Billy Bean, uh, uh, Brad, uh, he, he says, you know, Bean says, what are you trying to, what are you trying to do here? And he says, I'm trying to manage this team where I can explain it when I'm on the job search for next year. And I think right, that's the yeah. answer to your question. These guys are, uh, you know, these guys are playing out the string with what they've got. And, um, We'll probably see a significant talent drain uh, throughout the year uh, with players being first traded as we approach the deadline and then uh, heading uh, to the bench. Less and less time on the field. I think your old uh, and our good friend Ron Meyer, one of his favorite players that I always remember him drafting in Kentucky, uh, Randy Cobb might be a guy to come yeah, out of there. That's so right. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I actually own Randall Cobb in a, in a couple of leagues uh, so far. I've, I've been pleasantly surprised. We'll see. I'd like to see that depth chart get broken up a little bit and, and um, you know, maybe see some, some of those receivers that are buried there in different places and see what they can do in a new location. Final email tonight for us, Farrell. It's from Chuck in Dallas. He writes, hey, HSFFOR team, I just know I'm going to pick the wrong guy here, so I leave it up to you guys. <laughs> Evan Engram or Mike Jasicki in my football guys lineup this week. Happy Halloween. That is Chuck in Dallas. Uh, if we look at the schedule here, Evan Engram is actually going to be on Monday night football hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mike Jasicki is going to be catching balls from Tua Tungavailoa uh, at home against the Rams this week. Farrell, do you have a good feeling on this? I don't. I'm leaning towards Jasicki, but I don't really know. Mm, you know, it depends on how big a gambler you are. Jusicki has had one game. We all know when it was, week two. He absolutely blew up. Uh, of course, I didn't start him. I started Gronkowski that week that scored a zero. <laughs> I started Gronkowski. I started Jusicki the next week, and he posted a zero, and Gronkowski had a 20-point game. We're rewarded by that 1.5 per catch, and I just don't know which tight end is going to catch the ball. You know, if you're, if you're watching red zone, so often you see a tight end in the number of, in the 80 um, spectrum of numbers catching the ball, and you find out it's a big kid from Notre Dame who doesn't look anything like the 60. And the number 80, uh, uh, oh, I forget his name, maybe Sternberger, he sometimes catches the ball. It, it's, it's hard to say that um, what you should expect uh, in this game, typically – uh, typically, young quarterbacks will lean on a on a tight end, but uh, you know this tight end is also lined up in the slot many times. So the, the answer with Kasicki is I just don't know. Now you you know Balky, you worked in some some real football questions here tonight. Not that fantasy football isn't very very real, but you 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 know we've been talking about some schemes and some mindsets of players and. There's something, so we returned to Monday Night Football with these New York uh, football giants, and, you know, Philly uh, recently beat them um, in in a primetime game, and we're, uh, you know, Robbie Fetcher, uh, my good friend Robbie Fetcher that does our KFFSC podcast with me, pointed out something to me. He says, you know, the third down of the last possession when uh, the ball went off Everton Ingram's fingertips, it's not like Ingram sold out for the ball. It's not like he tried to make the most amazing catch of the game. And if he did, if he had made that catch, he would have he won the game for his team 
and instilled tremendous trust in that quarterback. Um, Ingram's caught 26 balls this year. I think he'll catch more than Gasicki. I'm going to say play Ingram, but I'm going to say be very careful about how you use Ingram in the future uh, because we haven't seen a breakthrough game for him yet, and and I don't know if there is uh, I don't know if there is one forthcoming uh, in the uh, in Giants football. So this it's not the greatest combination of tight ends, but Ingram has the best chance to to score you. Uh, the most points, and everybody's tired of waiting uh, for Ingram. Uh, and Gusecki were tired of goose eggs. I would rather wait than take what might be another goose egg. Yeah, I mean, and you and you mentioned that pass, too. It, that would have been Evan Ingram's seventh catch of the night, too. So you know he's getting targeted, and this was already after Sterling Shepard came back into this lineup. So something to be said for that. I, I think you're right about the gambling thing. And, you know, it's just how, how big of a risk do you want to take uh, when it comes down to that? And I'm getting from the email, uh, from the emailer here, Chuck, that he has picked wrong more often than he has picked right between those two this mm, year. So he yeah. must've been picking just sicky a lot. Uh, Farrell, good, always good to talk to you, dude. Um, appreciated getting into some real football analysis tonight. Besides the fantasy stuff, you always bring the real, which I appreciate. And I hope to talk to you, uh, again next Friday when we have another guest on and enjoy week eight man always good to talk to you and, and uh, happy Halloween thank you Balky you have the same and enjoy it with those kids will do I, I absolutely will thank you so much man Farrell Elliott ladies and gentlemen you follow him on Twitter at J Farrell Elliott check out the KFFSC on Twitter at KFFSC and KFFSC.com uh, that is going to do it for our show tonight ladies and gentlemen thanks to Farrell Elliott Nelson Burbett Chris Andres, Alan Martirosian, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you. Remember, DynastyDepot.com. If you're a Dynasty player thinking about playing Dynasty, get over there now. Make sure you get on the mailing list. Make sure you're signing up for a membership on Monday. And use that discount code, CHARTER20, to get hooked up uh, with one of those memberships at DynastyDepot.com. Reminder to check out the High Stakes Lowdown this week. Scott Johnson on it uh, for a bit of an extended one. It was a longer one. It's a fun one. I mean, they're always fun, uh, but I was always good talking to uh, Scott Johnson. So check that out, rotoviz.com slash podcast. We will be back next week at 10, 9 Central, the Week 7 Football Guys third place team, Bill Wonky, a uh, guy who's chasing Andres and Martirosi. And he's in third place. He's going to join us next week on the show with me and Farrell. Enjoy Week 8, everybody. I hope the ball bounces your way. Uh, I hope you get some hard-fought victories and put yourself in a good position to make the playoff. Happy Halloween. Enjoy it. Be safe. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and heard around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. By the way, you know, Farrell uh, alluded to it. I actually went on a little mini trick-or-treating thing with my kids uh, tonight. Um, my son is dressed up as a Tyrannosaurus Rex for Halloween this year, um, an inflatable one. So his costume makes him nearly as tall as me. And my daughter is Ladybug, 
from Miraculous, the tales of Ladybug and Cat Noir. And she's very upset that nobody recognizes who she is from this television show. So if you do see her and you see me post anything on Facebook or Twitter, do be sure to say, ah, she's Ladybug. I love that show. It will make my daughter's day. Good luck in week eight. And uh, sorry for the father um, diatribe there, uh, but I want to make sure she's happy. We'll talk to you again next week, everybody.